All right, welcome back. Episode 195 of Two Drunk Brothers, the podcast. We're moving in to the sort of the bi-weekly podcast range now that mostly all the sporting, major sporting shit is over for the time being. Um, this week, we've got XFL power rankings and just sort of a league update and what we think through two weeks coming at you. We're going to talk about the MLB rule changes We've got a loaded UFC 285 card, and then we're going to do a sports sounds draft. We're getting to the niche <laughs> drafts going on. What's going on, boys? Not much. Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. I am uh, not going to lie. I'm getting super, super, duper pumped for next week. Like I, I, I like. I don't look forward to a lot these days. I shouldn't say that because I'm grateful for everything I have in my life. But everything in my life, it's a, it's a lot of like day to day grind. Like, well, I, I work in real estate, so I do a lot of show on the weekends. So like, you I mean to really tell me that you don't wake off. up every morning and just you get fucking hard on to go to your job? No, I don't. <laughs> Good, because I don't think anyone does. Jerry wakes up in office. the morning and he pisses rainbows. Fucking sips out of a sunshine coffee mug. You no, tell, you're telling me that we've had the fucking best February weather, I think, in St. Louis history. So you're not telling me anything about dreading going to work. My, well, I guess my I, work revolves think, on weather. I think that's bleeding into real estate. Everyone's like, oh my God, it's so nice outside. Let's go fucking look at houses. We go and buy a house. Yeah, fucking this weather makes you rich. God I'm damn. Kidding. I'm not kidding, dude. It's insane. So anyway, I'm very, that's what is up with me. I don't know where they're getting. Week. I don't know where they're getting all this money from because working at the golf course, I don't. No one fucking works anymore. So mm. you got that going for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ethan, what's new in your world? Are you excited for next weekend? Ethan's bachelor party's next weekend. No, nah, dude, I I'm so pissed that I got to go to my own bachelor party in Nashville. Okay, cool, stay <laughs> home. We'll co- we'll go party without um, you. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm pumped. I am uh, looking forward to seeing everybody because i haven't seen most of you in fucking what outside of through a screen in six seven eight months probably something like that so some of them longer i think but last time i saw you he was fourth of july i think no no well you came out for christmas oh no that was april jesus christ um yeah no i was no i was not home for christmas i was not thanksgiving thanksgiving i was yeah and but i i didn't see him yeah, we only well, we stopped. I think the only person I saw during Thanksgiving break was you, Trav. So I didn't even see like oh. the other guys. So should be should be a nice well, time. Um, fuck me then. Not excited to see me. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Um, but yeah, no, it should be fun. I not shit's been really going on. I will say though, um, quick funny story before we dive into some stuff. On, I guess it was yesterday. Shit, Monday. Um, you guys had that bad weather throw roll through the Midwest. And I get emergency alerts for our university, obviously, if there's like bad weather, or like threats on campus, things like that. But I also apparently haven't turned off the ones from Illinois and they come through <laughs> the exact same text number, which is crazy. I don't even know it's possible. Um, and so I'm in the middle of a meeting and I get a notification on my phone that says tornado warning, seek shelter now. And then it cuts off the rest of it. And so I'm like, what the fuck? And so I look outside and it's like sunny, like pretty normal. And I'm like, did y'all get this too? And I'm like talking to my friend next to me in the meeting. He's like, no. And I'm like, so I open my phone and it says university of Illinois, like Champaign County. And I'm like, yeah, so 
Oh, okay. Okay. So it's supposed to be like really bad, and then nothing ever happened because they got fucking fucking jobs. Two tornadoes within an hour of each other in Champaign that day. Like actual tornadoes. People like took pictures of it. I was like, sick. Glad I'm not there. But yeah, we had dark weather, but that's about it. Nothing ever came of it. Um. All right. Without further ado, ladies and gents, XFL. Let's just pop off the bat, give our power rankings, and then we'll talk a little bit about the first two weeks uh, and then what we think of it and whatnot. So let's start. Each of us, we're going to go eight to one. Who's your number eight team? Jarrett. Orlando. They're horrendous. Does Ethan have his power rankings together? I have. I do. I have have no argument. Like, they're not good. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Oh, and two. Uh, they're tr- I mean, they're they're struggling to even just first. So so just put this perspective: first down percentage in the XFL. Every other team is above 25.9. They're at eighteen point six percent on first down percentage. So they can't fucking move the ball. Yeah, that's yeah, that's rough. It's a, well, you hate this, to see it. In this past Sunday, they. I mean, I didn't watch any of the games except for part of the battle Hawks game on Thursday. Um, but I was just kind of looking into it when we were, when you brought up that we were doing power rankings today and the fucking guardians before halftime were down what 27 and nine or something like that. Um, whatever it was, I don't remember, but either way they kicked like a 56 yard field goal before the half and they had two timeouts left and in the <laughs> XFL. That's everything. Like, go for it. I don't care if it was fourth down, like you do something. If the clock down, stops on first as down. Much as they were down. Exactly. Like you have so many opportunities. Three points isn't going to do anything for you in the XFL when guys can go for one, two, three points, get the ball back. Like, I don't know. It's just poor well, decision-making and a poor roster. Of of the three Owen two teams, we all consensus unanimously have them as the worst. So that's not great for them. Uh, number seven, Jarrett. Uh, Vegas. I mean, I also have Vegas. I also have Vegas, which pains right, yeah. me because Brett Hundley, former Packers QB, well, <laughs> but they fucking suck of too. the Owen two teams. I mean, well, one, and I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but Seattle's offense, even though they're Owen two, I, I think is still far. Well, obviously, I don't, I don't think anyone's going to put yeah. them of, of ahead of anyone else. So I think we all unanimously have Seattle ahead of them. Uh, it was, I'm, I'm not going it was. I have thought about putting them ahead of a one-on-one team, um, but you can't. But they have uh, two very close losses. Both their losses. Very, their very problem close. is Ben DiNucci is great when it doesn't matter. When it does matter, he's horrendous, and that's that's just. I mean, he he fumbled the ball in in the DC game opening weekend uh, when they're driving. He fumbled the ball twice against the Battlehawks on Thursday night. So yeah, you can't put him any higher, but uh, I do think they're going to start to rattle rattle some. He's the some, some he is together. the Daniel Jones of the XFL. Yeah, pretty much. Which can run uh, the ball. That's not, not something I want to be called. <laughs> just by the way, no, not at all, not at all. All right, uh, number five in the bat in the power rankings, Jarrett. I had a tough time here. Uh, I, for, I it was pretty easy for me. For one to two. Four. One to two and six to eight were easy. Three, four, and five. I kind of, I'm, I'm a little wishy washy on. You guys are gonna call me crazy. I think I have Arlington at five. So do I. So do I. 
I don't think you're crazy at all. <laughs> no, it was easy think, for me. I think their offense is terrible. Their defense is, is really, really, really good. And, and you got to move the ball. We've seen it at the Battle Hawks the last two minutes of the game. You got to be able to move the ball. They can't. So, yep. All right. So, unanimous there. Yeah. I mean, uh, they, number f- they squeaked ahead. out a win week one. And then I was just going to say they squeaked out a win week one. And then they looked flat all of week two. So, um, I, I can't put them yeah, above anybody. It's hard. It's hard. You can, they're definitely the worst one in one team. Uh, next, the number four team on the power rankings, Jarrett. All right. You, now you guys want to call me crazy. I have DC at four. I flip flop so them. I flip flop <laughs> them. I have the Brahmas at four. I, I have the. So I'm sorry, you have the Brahmas at three. At, at three. No, I don't think yeah. they're. I don't think they're that good because I think their offense is lacking. Um, we saw that in the Battle Hawks game, and I think that the defenders, on the other hand, are like their offense might be lacking, but they make up for it in the defensive realm. Whereas, I think the Brahmas so, have just gotten. Okay, lucky. you say that. You say that the defenders have yet to throw a passing touchdown. Um, they get. And the Brahmas lead the league in first down percentage. They get a first down 36.7% of their plays. Um, I think San Antonio should be 2-0. Let's, let's be real. They should they should have beat the Battle Hawks week one. Um, well, I don't know. I love the Battle Hawks then. Yeah, well, I think I think DC is going to get exposed here soon. Uh, we're going to find out this week. Big, big game this week, DC and St. St. Louis. Um We'll see how that pans out. But Ethan, did you say you had you you had DC at, at four as well? I do, yeah. I just my argument's kind of the same as you is with San Antonio. They could easily be two and oh. Um, I do agree with you, Trav, that like their offense isn't anything to like, you know, take home and be like, oh my god. Let's not forget that the offense, only but... reason the only reason they're one and one is because they just played the worst team in the league. This is true. That's but true. then they beat them pretty Travis, oh, I could be wrong. They did, but but. To Travis's point, Travis's point, DC, the reason why they haven't thrown a passing touchdown is they are blowing the doors off and rushing. They have 313 yards rushing, by far leading the league. The next best team is San Antonio at 199. So they can run oh the ball. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, 215 That's dangerous. Yards. Yeah. I mean, Jordan Thomas, something about him and XFL football gets him going because he didn't really do very well in all the other kind of developmental leagues. So I will say they also have 75 rushing attempts. The next close team behind them is the San Antonio Brahmas at 65. Also with DC, they have, and I'm not sure if they're going to keep this going, but they have won both of their games with an experimental QB room. So like, I would say like Jordan Simon plays like 60 to 65% of the snaps. And then Derek King comes in uh, and plays too. So once they figure that out, it, it could be a little different. It could be better. Who knows? So that's why I had them mm-hmm. flip-flopped. Yep. So you guys have the Brahmas at three. So that's okay. That's the only thing yep. that's flip-flopped. Uh, we talked about literally yep. both of them just now. Uh, two and one. I think this is pretty easy. I think we yeah. all probably got Battlehawks, Roughnecks. Battlehawks two, Roughnecks one. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Houston. Houston's the best team in the league, and it's not even they, close. They haven't even lost a I game did. in the XFL. They're 7-0 no, since 2020. Like – crazy they're the, the only the only team that's lost the game or the 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 battle hawks have lost one game in the xfl and it was two yeah houston yeah. yep 
consensus. Uh, the Battlehawks just need to play in the fourth quarter. If they if they played the fourth quarter four times in a row, they would blow everyone out of the water. Yeah, seriously. You know, but so uh, AJ Mahomes. AJ Mahomes. The Battlehawks are the only team in the league that have not thrown an interception, and they're also, I believe, the only team in the league, or they also they've never they, have, they haven't turned the ball over. They don't turn the ball over. They're winning the turnover battle, and that's huge. Um, in the Seattle game, they got they got the punt that got t- tipped, and they got it and scored. Um, they had that big strip sack in, in week one. So they're they're getting a lot. Their defense and special teams are being op- opportunistic, and they're winning the, the game in all three phases. And I feel like once Travis said they put that offense together, they get that game plan that kind of rolls. Um, I think they're going to be dangerous. Like I said, big, they, big game this weekend against D.C. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. The the defense uh, this past week was a little bit shakier in week one. Tackling was a little rough, but I mean, one of the better defenses so, in the league. Oh, did sure. you see that? Will Will Compton said that he would go and play in the XFL. Obviously, he's like, he's like, I play for St. Louis. He goes, if the Rock comes on our podcast, he goes, if the Rock comes on our <laughs> podcast, I'll play in the XFL. Nice. That um, would be a great addition to the Hawks linebacker yeah. core. The, yeah. uh, <laughs> The one thing I was going to say about the Battle Hawks is, Travis, you talked about Ben DiNucci, right? Like, or no, I think it was you, Jared, that said, like, he's good um, when it doesn't matter and he's bad when it does. I think what's opposite. Nice about, <laughs> huh? Opposite you know, for, yeah. yeah. No, um, the opposite for AJ McCarron. Yeah. Yeah. That, exactly. Like with AJ McCarron, he doesn't necessarily play bad when it doesn't matter, but he definitely plays good when it does. And I think that part of that, you can kind of attest to what the guy hasn't played uh professional football in six years. And at least like as like a starting active, you know, getting reps QB. And so kind of takes some time to get back into the flow of things, but he clutches up when it matters. And I think that that's important, ob- obviously important for a team down the stretch, because if we're struggling now, we put it together and then the battle Hawks can clutch up when it matters most. That's going to be huge. Come into season. Do they have playoffs? So that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're playoff sort of thing. Um yeah. what I guess I'm not really entirely sure about is like the off season. So if there's a is there a draft? Is there a draft? So do we know? Let's, let's let's finish the season first. First of all. Um, well, <laughs> this was leading into to my next to my point is like the he is very good. AJ McCarron is very good when he's not under pressure. So when they're only rushing three or even four, sometimes the offensive line is not is not good enough to pick up a blitz. Um, but he, but he can sling the ball wherever when he's not under pressure as long. And the crazy thing about it is he can sling the ball wherever over three yards. If it's a fucking ball in the flat, he's gonna throw it to the goddamn special teams coach. Um, if they could get some offensive line help, it would really benefit them. That's why I didn't know if there's like draft picks they could trade or whatever. I don't know. Should, I, don't know. Uh, I mean, I think I was just going to say I they should what? put their uh, their draft <laughs> right after the NFL draft. So any guys who go undrafted, you just next day XFL draft round one. You know, they have to have a draft. I would imagine. Yeah, they do. Well, sure, what, sure what's what's a bummer? What's a bummer about it? And Travis kind of mentioned this. I was just curious about their viewership ratings. It is down from twenty. 20- it's down from 20. It says they said it's on par with the USFL. It's not bad. Um, the Battle Hawks were the leading um, viewership game in week one by no surprise. Vegas and Arlington were a close second. 
Um, but then week two, I believe, I'm looking it up right now. But to everyone's point here, I think we will be Brian, – Brian Hill, the running back for the Battlehawks, didn't, didn't play last weekend. Um, he had a groin injury. That motherfucker's averaging 9.2 yards a carry. So I don't know what we got to do to get him the the rock more, but we need to do it because he only carried the ball for six times, 55 yards. So, Yeah, Mateo yeah. Durant's probably averaging negative nine yards a carry because the dude will see a hole and run away from it. 2.1, 2.1. He will yeah, see a I'm hole. Right. And he's a, the dude is terrified of holes. Um, but, yeah, outside of that, I mean, I've seen – so I saw a graphic today of attendance rates. So far, week one was good. There was a, a – Solid drop off in week two. I don't know if it was because of scheduling. We'll keep going back to the Battle Hawks, but obviously we're going to. Um, I don't know if it's because of like scheduling or if the dome couldn't handle it. Not putting a game in St. Louis for the first three weeks was the biggest mistake that could have yeah. ever made. Biggest yeah, mistake they've ever made. Yeah. They're literally I, opening I up I mean, the 300 level before we even have a game at home, which is crazy because yeah. they didn't do that until like what, week four last year? So they re- they they, they, they really risked going- a lot. Well, right, and then COVID that. hit, but yeah, so like so they risked a lot not putting a game in St. Louis till week four because if we were zero and three, it would be yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah. Now for three, now for three and zero, that place that the, the fuck yeah, I mean the, the the top might blow off that place. I'm not even kidding. It, it uh, with how old and dusty it is, probably. But I may or may not they go watch them this weekend. We'll see. Um, oh, yeah. In oh, DC. yeah. Yep. It's at Audi Field, which is where their soccer team plays. Um, tickets weren't too bad. So Carissa won't be in town, so, the- so I, I won't have anybody to go with, but I might just sw- swing over <laughs> there by myself and watch a good Looking game. By your lonesome. <laughs> we'll see. Hey, man. But- that, so, the, But I will say the only game that's been under 10,000 attendance was – the game in Vegas, which what the fuck is that stadium they picked in Vegas? Dude, it's like what? I was telling, I think I texted you guys about it when I turned that game on. That is a high school field, like if it's a if minor that. league, it's a minor league baseball stadium. It's a, it's where the oh, Vegas. I, say, I thought it, I thought That's when they originally crazy. announced it, it was going to be where UNLV plays, but I guess not. It looks no. like a high school football field, and if it is a minor league stadium, cool, whatever, so be it. It looks like a high I, school football field. I I get what they were kind of going with with putting a team in Vegas, but if you were to think about it for longer than ten seconds, what are you doing? Nobody fucking cares. Yeah, like no, I can go get drunk and go gamble. Like, yeah, I I don't know what you're doing. A lot of a lot of people were saying like they should have put a team in like Northern California. They said like like up in Northern California that would have been cool. Fucking like Birmingham. Oh, well, I know Birmingham didn't really do well in the USFL or the AAF. I'm trying mm-hmm. to think of some other places where, like, fucking Iowa City, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Like, fucking Omaha. Yeah, I was going to say somewhere, of- maybe like Oklahoma City. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if how, how big of football fans are there, but I imagine there's a decent amount in Oklahoma. Um, so let's just try a state that, that isn't like crazy huge with tourism that. Doesn't have a football team and has like solid like, college football supporting like casts around it. So for me, the the the, the teams that are going to carry this league just from looking at it week one are going to be San Antonio, Houston actually had pretty good attendance. Um, Arlington wasn't bad either for week one, and then Houston had 
12,784 week one, and then 11,765 week two. So they're actually staying strong. Uh, Orlando surprisingly had 12,000 people show up, which is blow, blows my mind. Um, but yeah, I think I think St. Louis, San Antonio, 24,240. I mean, it was fucking loud on TV. The rock and roller coaster must have been closed that day or something. Maybe. Um, but that's San Antonio. When we watched the San Antonio game week one against when the Battlehawks played San Antonio. Yeah. Well, it was, it was like the season loud. opener. The, okay. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a shot at this. I first of all, I think it is stupid. And I was telling you guys this week one, uh, the Rock's love for the San Antonio. Like he's so biased towards them, towards that like that franchise, I guess you could call it. Um, he's like, this is where this is where I grew up. Yada yada yada. Uh, they announced that the championship was going to be played there, and the Alamo Dome is fucking garbage, garbage because yeah. that's where UTSA plays, and it's horrible on the eyes. It looks like a fucking cave in there. I don't know. I just think it's kind of silly. People were saying that it was a mistake not having the dome, but again, let's let's be remind ourselves: the dome in St. Louis is not good either. Like it's a shit hole. It's in a shitty part of town. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think. I think again, never been to St. Louis. Not trying to be ignorant, but I think it's a better city than San Antonio. No, that's a one thousand percent false. Yeah, I've been to San Antonio, bro. I would I would live there for the rest of my life if I could. That place is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've but I've heard, I've heard nothing. The, and the other, the other thing that I will say about San Antonio is that outside of the Spurs, they don't have anything. And so I think people kind of like, kind of like St. Louis when with the Battle Hawks, kind of wrapped around the idea of having an XFL team because the nearest like football team is either Dallas or Houston, which are both around three to four hour drives. Um, it's a huge, it's like one of the biggest cities in the country. So you got a ton of people that don't have anything to watch. Um, so I get it. I think that it would it would have been just as good to do it at the dome. I think that the Rocks bias sport in San sports Antonio. city wise though is what I is mainly what I was like oh, going yeah. for. Like yeah, well, yeah, yeah, obviously. I think I mean, the attendance would be a lot better. Maybe they chose San Antonio because they knew that they wouldn't be there. Maybe they were going to choose so, the team that's yeah. the lowest odds of getting to the championship, and we're going to pick that as the stadium. So we so just to put in perspective back to attendance numbers. Uh, San Antonio kind of carried because week one in the XFL in to, the twenty twenty version, um, we saw literally nothing below seventeen thousand, and then you had, I mean the dome was stupid. The dome in twenty twenty the first oh, the home opener at the dome. Uh, twenty nine thousand five fifty four. The following week was twenty seven thousand five twenty seven. We only had two games there at the dome in twenty twenty. Um, I'm very intrigued intrigued to see how week four. If if St. Louis wins, if St. Louis wins this weekend, and I think there's going to be three thousand plus people at the dome in, in week four. I and I and they will carry this league. Them in San Antonio. Yeah, I can see that happening. I don't think San Antonio's uh, shine lasts. I think they're gonna. As soon as they are like, as soon as they start to fall off, I don't think they're going to be very great um, attendance wise. That is. So, without that being said, one more thing before we move on. I think that the XFL, for those of you who don't know, they're like centrally located in the hub. So, all the teams practice and train in Arlington. Uh, and then they ship out, like, they travel to their home cities, like, 
I guess a couple a day before or something that has to change uh, if they're if they want to continue this. For me, it just kind of is like, what is that? I get that team wants to win, but it's like they don't really have like a passion for that city. You know, if you're right. living there, you're going out to to eat in that city and just hanging out. It's like okay, like this is my this is my town. Uh, I I think it gives you like a little bit more of a feel. I think I just I don't like the whole hub thing. I, I I understand what you're saying. I think the hub thing makes sense from a financial standpoint. They're able to pay pay they're able to pay players less, which sounds bad. They're able to pay players less, pay players less, give them a place to live, give them a place to live because they get they get a place to live and two meals a day. But yeah, go ahead, go ahead. For free. I was like, for free. Whereas if you make them live in that city, they're going to have to pay for their own housing. They're going to have to pay for their own food. They're going to have to. Not necessarily, though. At the same time, you could, for the for the amount that you're paying for the food, you could give them a stipend. Sure, it might be a little bit more. Um, but you got to think there's a lot of players on the team to where there could be like a complex. Or I'm sure there would be like a hotel block that would be like, okay, we're going to give you this at a discounted rate. I don't know. I think I just think it kind of takes away from like the like camaraderiveness. Yeah, yep. some like I was gonna say of being like in the city. I I 100 agree with both of you because I think that Trav, from your standpoint, you you can't like play a game in St. Louis, for example, and be like, oh my god, I like you know, thanks St. Louis, like we love this city, we love to play for you when you're spending one day every three weeks there or whatever. And then Jared, I hear you from a financial standpoint. If you want this league to survive, I think for at least this year, that's what you have to do. Now maybe well, yeah, for forward, this year, it makes yeah, sense moving but... forward and, and maybe, maybe two. too, but yeah. like, that's what I was going to say, but then moving forward, once you get some financial grounding in this league, if it is a success starts to build, you start to gain traction, then you make enough money. You generate enough revenue to where you can start dispersing your teams paying for them out in wherever cities, even if Trav, like you said, maybe you have some sort of, I, I would compare it to like an Olympic village in their cities um, for players yep. to stay, hang out food, things like that. So um, I think you're both right. I just think that we'll see how long it takes for them to be able to move people to their cities. Yeah. The My one, only thought one, is that it would like make people like want to play for that city more. Like these guys, right. no, never for sure. St. Louis, sure. they come to St. They come here and they're playing. And they're like, okay. I'm kind of playing in this crappy dome. Oh, look, there's the why arch. Do, why do why do all these fans love us? Yeah. Okay, like maybe now I know why because I live here. Like I don't know. Yeah, Our I get that. I get what you're saying. Silver. Yeah, <laughs> like the the and why why are the fucking seats red? Weren't, didn't the Rams play here? Um, <laughs> exactly. Anyway, anyway, well the the one thing they could benefit from doing that, but here's the thing: they would compete with the USFL a bit. Is they move into a summer league? Because then they could use like universities, so like they could use like SLU or Washu's campus when kids aren't there, and like use the dormitories for like the housing. Um, but I think the whole goal and like what's cool about this league is the Rock is like they're really buying into like a lot of these guys were the, were the fifty fourth man. They were that they were that first cut on these rosters in the NFL. They got cut, um, and they're trying to let them get back to the league. And I think if they move to the summer, it would also hurt them to do that too because they won't be able to make it to training camp. So. Yeah, that's true. There, I, I, I like the league. I, I'm still going to give it some hope. I, I hope that there's a little bit, there's some competitiveness that we haven't seen yet because it seems kind of like 
got your upper, you already have your upper echelon and then kind of your shitholes of the league. And there's only eight teams. Um, so maybe we'll see some, some better talent come through because at this time, uh, there's not the best, I will say. Mm-hmm. I still think there's probably – there's. I think there's a lot of kids that are still trying to get on the NFL with practice squads and doing shit, and they're eventually going to realize, okay, hey, maybe I need to go actually like play football uh, to where I'll actually get a starting spot. So we'll see. Right. Either way, I think it's it's in an okay spot. It's not as great as it was the first time around, but there's definitely time to get that back up and going. All right. Uh, hope you didn't hear that, but Ethan just moaned in our ears. Uh, we've got to me some, some interesting shit uh, developing in the MLB preseason. We figure we talk about it's a hot topic. Some of the rule changes that's been going on, um, and we'll talk about each one of them. So we've got obviously most of you have seen the pitch clock. Whenever there's no runners on base, as soon as the Pitcher catches the ball, he has 15 seconds to start his delivery. If there's runners on base, he has 20 seconds to start his delivery. Um, if he doesn't by then, it's an automatic ball. But there's also an automatic strike. But I'm not clear. One of you can help me out and fill me in just real quick. When does the batter have to be set by for it to be? Eight seconds strike? before the pitch clock ends. Okay, eight seconds. Um, and then we also have the shift restrictions which we have i haven't heard a lot of bitching about that i enjoy it i think it makes the game a little bit more fun um and then they they increase the bases from 15 inches to 18 inches um which apparently it reduced injuries in the minor leagues i could see that i could see a lot of rolled ankles a lot of like sprained mcls um, but on, on the smaller bases I've seen a lot of back and forth on social media. I think we are all, because we've talked about it already, in the same boat. I love all the changes. I do too. Um, I, I sent Travis Nathan uh, a video on Twitter. This guy included it like a side-by-side. Now, granted, he probably picked the slowest like example. It, it was. But the, his- uh, the Pedro Baez fucking David Ross at bat in the NLCS in 2016. That was the slowest fucking at bat of all time. Yeah, but still, like, like it, was, it was allowed. It was allowed. Do that. It was, it was allowed because these rule changes were there. Basically, right. an entire half inning was played before one pitch was thrown against the old rules. So, to me, that makes the game and all these old. Some people in the comments were like, "Oh, if you, I would much rather watch watch the one on the right, which was the the one pitch. If you don't know it, you know the true beauty of baseball, dude. Fuck you. We're in the age of constant information and constant needing to be entertained. If you don't grab it." that quickly i'm sorry i'm moving on to the next thing like i'm i'm a, i love baseball is the first sport I ever fell in love with i've i've slowly fallen out of love with it over the years because it's too slow it's i can't i can't sit down and watch an entire game i don't have the time to i think if they're able to with these changes make these four hour games two hours and 45 minutes i'm back on board so like if i can watch a baseball game in the in the same time as a basketball game because let's be honest there's less excitement of the four sports, there's about less excitement in baseball. I think we can all say that. We all like baseball, but in terms of interesting plays, there's about it's got to be the least. So if you can shrink it down as much as possible, I think that's going to benefit the viewership. I will probably tune into more regular season games if they're like two hours and forty five minutes long. Yeah, I um, I love all. This is a lot coming from changes, Ethan, but. <laughs> um, 
because he's an old head of baseball. Of I, I'm an old head and a new head. I, I like a little bit of everything because I can see both sides of it. But I love all of the rule changes. We'll get into a couple of the other ones. The biggest thing for me about the pitch clock, and right now, just to give you guys some context, I actually heard. Um, I was listening to the radio this morning, and Michael Kay was on ESPN, who's the um, announcer for the Yankees. The there go see a guy. Um, he was saying that the last two broadcasts that they did in spring training, the games were two hours and 18 minutes and two hours and 20 minutes. Um, so that right there is a significant and granted spring training. I feel like those games might move faster anyways. Um, that's a significant decrease in the amount of time and you're getting to see more action more consistently. And I think that's, what's most important. Um, a couple of other things that I wanted to note too, that are super interesting is, for me personally, I think that this benefits the pitcher more than it benefits the hitter, which a lot of people would disagree and say it's flip-flop. But because the batter has to be set eight seconds before the pitch is thrown, that pitcher can then sit there for eight seconds, get that batter off balance. Batters don't like to wait when you're in the batter's box once you're set. Because if you have to be set and you're standing there for eight seconds set, you're not going to like that as a hitter. So you've got eight seconds as a pitcher to, you know, throw them off, do whatever, and then throw your pitch. On the flip side, that's for starters. I think it benefits the hitters late games with relievers. Um, something This is something that I actually heard today that I thought was super interesting. But you've got a lot of your late inning relievers nowadays are hard throwers, right? Like your guys who are throwing 100 okay, plus. Wear them out. Um, very consistently. Exactly. Because they can't gear up for their pitches, pitch after pitch after pitch, going to decrease the velocity of a lot of our relievers it's going to give an advantage to late game hitters which is awesome because even though we might love to see some of that high velocity strikeout whatever ball's going to be put in play more when it matters most which is going to make the late game innings i think a lot more exciting and a lot of these changes in general were meant to make the game more exciting to put the ball in play the banning of the shift was specifically meant so that the ball is put into play more and there's more action on the basis so i love everything about that yeah it's gonna be good um it's just for the better like people might not like it now because people don't like change but i mean you just gotta get with the times i can't sit down and watch a 7 15 first pitch and then not go to bed till 11 30 because i've watched baseball for four hours on tuesday night uh i, I would like that. to it's like it's done. like it's like for these for these for the format for this four major sports outside the nfl Hockey, basketball, which I don't really watch many basketball games, but hockey and baseball, like for the Blues and Cardinals, like I don't make it a priority to sit down and watch every single game. I just can't. And now that I know, like, oh, shit, babe, you know, like if the Blues game, for instance, like if it's tied 1-1 in the third period with 10 minutes left, all right, I'm going to turn it on and watch those last 10 minutes. The Cardinal game, for instance, like, oh, if it's like 1-1 in the fifth, I'm like, fuck it, you know, those last four innings could last, you know, two hours. I don't have that time. Whereas now, like if I see like it's eight thirty at night, you know it's one one or two two after the fifth, whatever it might be. Oh shit, there's three innings left. I only know I got a half an hour left to watch this game. I'm gonna watch these last three innings. That is where I think it's gonna help me out and a lot of people that are in the same boat as me, where they just can't commit the full time when they see it's a close game. Oh, there's three innings left. Roughly, you can you can honestly say now you got about a half an hour left. Whereas before that, those last three innings could last an hour and a half. So that's where I think that the huge benefit is. I do see, I think we'll see probably like, I would say at least a couple violations per game, uh, even throughout the season. I mean, it's just going to not even just taking getting used to it. It's just, it's just going to happen. Some things take longer than others. One rule that I saw that wasn't mentioned 
uh, that I actually saw on TikTok a couple of days ago is the pickoff rule or stepping off the mound. If you haven't seen yep. that, you're only allowed to do it twice. Yep. Thank God. And uh, so you basically got to you got to choose them wisely because if you do it twice, the third time you have to get them or they're awarded the base. So wow. Yeah. So you wow. could just take a fucking massive ass lead if you really so you, wanted you'll, to. You'll really only see risky. probably one pickoff move because they're not going to want to yeah. chance it and do it twice. And then that third one, they're taking a 10-step lead. Granted, again, on the third one, if you get them, then you get them. So if they take a 10-step lead, that's also a risk for the runner because then you can just throw it over and then get them in a rundown. But still i would just um, take but it even counts <laughs> it counts if you don't throw it too so if you just step off if you're on the mound you step right. off no matter yep. even if you look at the runner that counts as one of them so yep i like the progressiveness this, of the game it's gonna be great this is these new rule changes are john lester's paradise man i mean no pickoffs <laughs> <laughs> um the only thing that i hope i don't see and it, and it's on the it's on the players right so we can't blame the umps for this what I hope I don't see is what we saw in the Red Sox game the other day where a game ends on a strike call because they didn't get in the batter's box quick enough. Because it's the first year, I would love them to see something along the lines of like, if you do it once on a two-strike count, it's like a warning, oh, and then you jump into but no, it. No, but what do you – so, What's, so, the, so, what's, so, what's so. the equivalent to the pitcher doing it, you know? So I'm saying – so the here's my thing with with these with rule changes in any sport. You you're either all in or you're all out. So you either do it or you don't. So if you're gonna enforce it, I mean these motherfuckers, I'm sorry, you play hundred and sixty-two games a year plus umteen fucking spring training games. Like how many at bats you get in the spring training? Enough to fucking know when if you box. If you yeah. can't get in the box within seven seconds of the time the pitcher catches the ball. Because you got to think, only, it's, not like he's, it's not like he's catching you off guard. He's got to be ready, too. Here's the only other thing, though, that's tough about that, is if it's scenarios where the third base coach has to give signs, you can't do a, a good sign that throws off or that the dugout's not going to pick up on in, like, two seconds. Like, it's just not possible. And so it's like, if if true. there's a scenario where you're giving, like, a bunt sign, steal sign, whatever, and you're doing all this you can shit, do it you in five seconds quick. and get in the uh, box really quick. Yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna. If you're a good coach, you're gonna fucking teach your fucking batters. As soon as that pitch comes in, you're you swing or not, you go to the third base coach. You have five All seconds right. to get the call in, step in the box, and go. I have a I have a solution here. It's the same solution, and it would get rid of a lot of. I know. Put it in their helmets so and fucking you. Yeah. Say it in their ears. Just like just 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 just, just like just like a quarterback, man. Put it in their helmets. Be like, hey, you're gonna bunt here. Hey. Hit and run. Hey, take this. Hey, don't uh, what what position on the, the diamond hat? Yeah, so they have already the, have the them. buzzers. Yeah, so and I know That's a lot saying, of like a lot this, of catchers don't love to use that. Like I know Yadi last year didn't. Like he just still did his traditional signs. We don't have old school one too. Yeah, right. So I'm saying, yeah, but that that to me seems like a clear a clear like we have so much. I think within baseball. three years. Baseball's we'll been that. the slowest sport to adapt to technology for whatever reason. I don't know why it is, um, and they need to quicker. And I think this—that's a—if we're going to speed up the game using it, I, I get what Ethan's saying with the whole Rob- thing. Robo umps, robo umps, yeah, that, Robo-umps. that that too, that too. But 
I get what Ethan's saying with it in, in regards to the um, the signs because, like, you know, it could take 10 seconds to give a sign. Trying to throw people off. We had the Astros stealing signs fucking five years ago. It ruined everything. So, but to me, buzzers or mics in the helmets gets rid of all that. So, if, you wanna, if we want to have field umps, that's fine. I bet within five years, there's no home plate umpire. Somebody said, I don't remember where I heard this, but somebody said like you keep the home plate umpire to make calls only for they get call like outs, but they the get plate. like they get like buzzes on their wrists if it's a ball or a strike, and then I can put a shot collar on it. it. And I'm like, but you know, you know, some <laughs> motherfucker like Angel Hernandez would get that buzzer and be like, nah, that's bullshit. That's a ball, <laughs> and just like yeah. call it as is. If you want to keep them for plays at the plate, keep them for they can just be like a like a slow pitch umpire and just kind of stand back. Well, no, well, balls, you could balls do and strikes with, need to be automated. What you could do with that buzzer. If you did do a balls and strikes automated, is they can still give their signs. Like they can still stand behind there like a regular ump, but they're getting the call from upstairs. So they get a buzz. It's like, that's a strike. And then they're like, drag or whatever. Yeah, so I was going to say that because, because part <laughs> so, of the exciting of the exciting part of like baseball is watching someone get is the calls. Up on yeah. Strike three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like they'll let them still do that and have the theatrics of it, but like have it come from upstairs. Yeah. So either or, way, or that's cool. and this would suck. You can't do it this way, but you could allow for reviewed challenges of balls and strikes. But I get that gets into a whole thing of delay the game. Slow they game. go to upstairs. Yeah. It takes a lot. I get that. But if you didn't want to fully transition, you could try that first and then see how it goes from there. But I hear you. Yeah. Um. You could just fucking play play like a like they do at NBA games, like a noise when they hit a free throw, so a ball or strike over the fucking PA system in the uh, um, in the stadium. Yep. Last thing I want to say is if there's anybody who's benefiting the most from some of these rule changes, it's Matt Carpenter. Um, I know he's with the Padres now, and I hate that franchise, but excited to see how he performs this year because no shift, the the shift killed that dude's career. And so no shift guys have to get in the play. A guy who stands in the box anyways, like this could, this could be a good season for him at his age. We'll see. Yeah. It's going to be awesome for all lefties. So that'll be, that'll be fun to see to like, maybe it'll revitalize some of these older lefties careers. Um, that's MLB. We got XFL, MLB, two things we never talk about on this podcast. Uh, sports sounds draft or UFC 285. What do we cover first? I think we end on the draft. Uh, Unless you guys, yeah, I mean, I so you guys too. love UFC. So you, if you feel differently and you want to bang out on that, fine with me as well. Who are, who are we banging? Uh, John. Uh, no. Let's, uh, <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, so we'll go ahead to UFC 285. Jones gone fighting for the heavyweight title. Um, he's pro, I don't even know if he's fought more than once since we've done the podcast so it's new to you, news to you guys john john jones my favorite fighter um no not just because he's the best i've liked him since we were young in college Jared, anything can attest to that uh, so for the last 10 years nine years i've been i've been don't, loving don't john age jones. me oh. like that <laughs> yeah i know right um it's crazy yeah. it's crazy uh we were all roommates eight years ago 
I was gonna say I had a, I sent a video to Billy today of him and I when we went down to SEMO. Travis, remember whenever him and I made that trip down to SEMO for the weekend? We went when I was in grad school. That was eight years ago. Eight years ago. Yeah, yeah, we were uh, we were we're old balls now, ladies and gents. So, John Jones, Valentina Shevchenko defending her title, which I mean, don't even send this lady in the ring anymore. Just just let her keep the title forever until she wants to retire. <laughs> Um, but this card, and we say this often, I know we always start with this, might be the best card, honestly, in my eyes, of the last year and a half, two years. I wouldn't go that far. It's definitely the best one so far this oh, year. Dude. There's so many good fights. I can see I can see like the last seven fights getting finished. I could too. And I could see a lot of the first ones. So let's kick it off. So I know Ethan said he didn't get a chance to look at much of it. So Travis and I will talk about the early prelims. I don't have any straight ups in the early prelims. I have two parlay pieces in there. There's a lot of heavy favorites uh, in the early prelims. So unless you're looking at over-unders, which I haven't – I usually don't dive into. I dove into a little bit like Thursday. I, I usually don't dive into like over-unders until like Thursday or Friday on like early prelims. But there's not a single fight where there's under 200 a minus 250 favorite, so you're not getting much yeah. value. I have I have two parlay pieces, and so I have a six leg parlay. We'll talk about it as we go along. Two of those are on the early prelims. It's uh, Cameron Samen versus Mana Martinez. Cameron Samen's minus 305 favorite. I'm taking him, um, and I'm also taking Ian Gary as the minus 675 favorite over Song Keenan. I don't know who that is. I know who Ian Machado Gary is. Yeah, what's dude? <laughs> what, you changed his name. You're Irish, Ethan. His name was just Ian Gary. He I saw that. Yeah. To it. Yep. Um, I'm not sure if he that's like a nickname he's wanting to go by, or like maybe a mother's maiden name. But I don't know. Um, maybe he minus really seven hundred uh, though. Manny Machado. Maybe that too. I, um, I mean, this dude is like on the up and up. He's going to be a, a contender Tribal. in the welterweight division. And the song Keenan guy is just not it. <laughs> He's getting people to just run through. Yeah. So those are my two my two things on the early prelims. I got two parlay pieces, but no straight ups. I do have one. On the first fight on the on the regular prelims, Julian Marquez from Kansas City, Missouri versus Mark Andre Travis. I'm going to butcher this. Where? Baralt. 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 Um, but but I don't know what the Canadian accent what that is. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. The dude looks scary. I don't know. Julian Marquez is built like a fucking tank. Um, call me crazy. I kind of like I kind of like Marquez straight up here at, at, at plus one thirty. I do too. Uh, two. I mean, Mark Andre's fourteen and six. Julian Marquez nine and three. I know you can't always look at just their records as being an indicator. Uh, Marquez coming off his his only loss by getting finished, and that was to RoboCop. Uh, before then, he's kind of had a couple easier fights, if you will. But neither of these guys have been through the like been through the ringer and tough and tough fights. Um, but I mean, just for a strict value purpose, I'm going to take Julian Marquez too. Also. Yeah. It's going to be a fun fight too. Cause Julian Marquez's fights don't go to decision. It, it's very rare. I mean, he has only had what two, um, two decision, two decision losses. So if this goes to decision. He's losing everything else has been finishes. 
for him. So you got that on his side. And then on Mark Andre's side, I mean, you've had eight, eight fights go to a decision, but out of 20. Um, so you're still getting over 50%. Yeah, it should, should be a banger to kick off these uh, prelims on ESPN plus. So take Julian Marquez plus one. So Julian Marquez also, also then let's look at this under here. The under, oh yeah, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Under two and a half is minus 200, so never mind. Um, yeah, I'll tell you, just stay away from that. I don't, I don't have anything in this, in this chick fight, Rebas in Arujo. I don't, yeah. <laughs> chick fight. Um, if I were to bet on it, I'd take Amanda Rebas. So would sure. I. There we go. Uh, another one, middleweight bout. Derek, this is actually a banger. Derek Brunson and Dragus Duplessis. I mean, Derek Brunson just, didn't he fight for the title recently? No, uh, no, he didn't. No, no, he didn't. I think he was he was close. He might have been like the uh, like a title uh, challenger fight uh, with Jared Cannonier, but he lost. He got knocked out. But yeah, I mean, I, I Dracus Duplessis is like one of my like favorite up and coming fighters. Uh, Likable dude, incredibly talented. Like wherever you want to take the fight on the ground. Uh, in the stand-up game, Brunson, I feel like on the other hand is fairly one-sided. Like he, yeah, he's pretty much one of his only passive victories on the ground. Yeah, I. But uh, here's the thing: I don't see Duplessis knocking Brunson out, though. I really don't. Um, I do, unfortunately, see a decision going here. I see it going in Duplessis' favor. I don't feel confident enough to bet Duplessis um, by decision because minus the minus two twenty five is a little rich for me. So Duplessis is the third leg of my parlay piece. So I got this same guy Gary and Duplessis in my parlay so far. I like that. I like that. I mean, he's kind of like an Ian Gary, like on the come up, supposed to be uh, predicted to be like a uh, title challenger a little bit later. He is twenty nine, so he's not like, and it sounds crazy, say, he's not like terribly young, but he is a young guy. I think. I think he can knock Derek Brunson out because Jared Cannonier did, and he's got better stand-up game than Jared Cannonier. I hope so. I mean, we'll see. Like I said, he's he's parlay piece. I'm not doing anything like straight up in that fight. Um, so yeah, we we both like Duplessis. This next fight, I don't know how to feel about it. Got a panel about Cody um, No Love Garbrandt versus Trevin Jones. Travis and I used to love Cody Garbrandt. Watched that fight where he won the title against Dominic Cruz, and probably one of the most dominating decisions to this day I think I've ever seen. Like he just literally. Kicked his ass for five rounds. He used to be um, so fun, man. I think – uh, go ahead. I would say he's had a glass jaw. He's lost five – four out of his last five or something like that. Cody Nojaw. Uh, Cody Nojaw. Uh, still love the dude. I don't think Trevin Jones – I think this – I think Dana White fed him Trevin Jones. But, dude. It's a good – it's a good fight for him to get back on track. However, I was just about to say this. Cody Garbrandt's one knockout away from having to retire. Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, you're you, look at his one win in the last five fights. It was against Rafael Sunsau, right? And he literally – it was a buzzer beater. Like, he had to – he was actually getting pieced up in that fight, ducked a punch in the, in the end of the second round and hit him in the jaw perfectly. And as the buzzer hit, and he was, like, out cold, and the ref called the fight. If the ref doesn't call that fight, I think he loses. So I think we're going on Cody losing five or six in a row. Um I do think there's a capability of losing this. I think Cody fights safe. I think he knows he's fighting for his career here. I think he's not going to go in and be the reckless Cody that we're used to seeing. Trevin Jones might be, but I think Cody's got a lot better defense. He can duck punches a lot better than we think. My bet in this fight, 
I love the over of one and a half at minus 140. I think we are going to get an over here. Yeah, uh, Trevin Jones, not a big knockout guy. He's had 22 fights, three knockouts. He's a freestyle fighter, so uh, kind of a guy that's just going to throw weird weird combinations at you. Cody Garbrandt, on the other hand, he's not a guy to really get on the ground and just kind of get pieced up and get ground and pounded. As it, I mean, really, a lot of his fights don't even make it to the ground. Uh, he's actually a got a background in wrestling. He's he's a ba- he's got a background wrestling though. It's really but cool. he's not a grappler. He hasn't ever been a grappler in the UFC. No, Literally no. zero and zero. Never been submitted. Never submitted anybody. So I, you said o- over unders one and a half. Yeah. At what? Minus one forty. Over. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Another because I, I don't like taking Cody at minus one seventy is horrible value. But Trevin Jones thirteen ninety is not great. Yeah. Another another bet a secondary bet from this. I like Travis. You might like this. Cody by decision plus five hundred. I'm not gonna bet on him. I just hope I hope he wins, but I'm not gonna bet on him. I'll take the over. No. Yeah. Um, kicking off the main card, Bo Nickel, Whoa. Jeannie Pickett, Bo Nickel, probably the most anticipated uh, UFC Fuck debut this guy. ever. Fuck this ever. guy. I don't Fuck like him either. I bet Fuck. on him. I bet against him in the Dana White Contender Series because he was like plus three or minus three thousand. In all of his fights, I was like, you bet $10 to win fucking 300 against whoever he was fighting. However, he is going to get a round one or round two submission. You can bet on that. I am going to bet on Pickett just because I cannot. He's going to get fucking guy. ragdolled, bro. So listen, listen, listen. I have, I have, I have some fucking, I have something to offset it. There's nothing He's, to offset it. He's going to get ragdolled. Yeah. So listen, will you shut the fuck up for two seconds? Um, Pickett is plus 900. I'm going to bet a small amount on him, obviously. Bo Nickel by sub is minus 120. That's like Travis said. That's a fucking lock. Like that is a lock. Bo Nickel by sub. He's not going to knock this guy out. He doesn't really knock anybody out. I would go. Um, I would literally put uh, my next paycheck on this if my wife wouldn't chop my nutsack off. Bo by sub? Yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah, minus one twenty, bo nickel by sub, large amount on that, but a small amount on Pickett plus nine hundred because I want this fucking kid to lose. So if, for those of you who don't know, this kid was supposed to fight back in November and got pissed because Dana White didn't put him on the fucking main card. First, dude, it's your first fight in the UFC. Get over yourself. You're not as great as you think you are. You're some fucking bum ass wrestler. This kid, mark my words, will not make it. He will win like two or three fights against fucking nobody's nobody scrubs, and then once he finally gets down, he's in the middleweight division. Once he fights he's, those, those, he's not going to make it. He's not going to. He make might it. be one of the best middleweight wrestlers to ever enter the division. And I hate him, and I'm saying this. Um, I don't know who's going to out. No one's going to out wrestle him. He came from. Wait, he was a national champion. Just look at his face. He's at just, the at the nation's so greatest what? college. So uh, what? No, I don't care. You can hate him all you want. I hate him. I hope he loses. Ben Askren was it was a was a three time national champion wrestler, but he couldn't fight. My fucking dog could fight Ben Askren. Okay, I'm just saying, um, like he, this he, guy, he's, this he's, guy's a fighter. Hate him all you want. Hate him all you want. He's got such a punchable. I'm gonna face. bet I on him. I don't care. Face. I don't care. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna bet with my heart against him because I know he's an amazing wrestler. Minus one twenty. Bo Nickel by submission is the easiest money you'll ever make. I'm praying for his downfall. I am betting on that to hedge my picket plus 900. I'll bet a lot more on nickel by sub, 
But if Pickett wins, oh man, I'm gonna be the happiest guy in the fucking room. And I'm not putting I'm, Bo Nickel in my parlay. I'm telling you, well, minus. I mean, it's free money. Uh, Jamie Pickett. I will. I would give him negative percent chance to win this fight. That doesn't exist. But anyway, we'll move on. Everyone knows my thoughts on Bo Nickel. <laughs> Hate the punk. I mean, just look at his face. He's got the most punchable face on the face of the planet. Um, uh, I don't know how to say this dude's name in the next fight. Mataj uh, Gamrot, uh, lightweight fight against Jalen Turner. Travis, I want to know your thoughts on this because I have, I have some thoughts. Me and you watched Gamrot fight last time, and neither of us were impressed. Well, I mean, he fought Benil Daryush, who uh, should be fighting for a title. Uh, in this division. So that's a very tough fight. Jalen Turner, on the other hand, uh, probably one of, if not the tallest ever lightweight to ever compete in this division, six foot three, 155 pounds. So he does have the reach advantage, but Mataj Gamrot is just, it's tough, man. He's a good fighter. He is. Um, Gamrot's not my parlay. He's got too much. Juice Stop to clicking your pin. Sorry. He's got too much juice to just uh, bet straight up. I'm going to take a small flyer on Jalen Turner here just because I do think there is some value there at plus 185. I don't think he's going to win. I just don't see any value in me picking Gamrot or putting him in a parlay because I think he has a chance to No, I hear you. If I were to bet this straight up, I would bet Jalen Turner. But it's tough. I mean, he's, he's proven himself. For sure, but this is a tough, tough fight for him. Uh, it's going to be a great fight. Whoever you bet on, you're going to have your. It's going to be a roller coaster of a ride for you. Uh, I'm just not going to be the one to do that this weekend. For sure, I, I'm sure for I'll sure. be down on Saturday. I'm going to bet on Jalen Turner. Let's be honest. Yeah. So we're going to roll into the third fight of the card. Um, a welterweight bout: Jeff Neal, Travis. Can you announce this other guy's name for me? Shavkat Rachmanov. There you go. Shavkat Rachmanov. Um, uh, he is from Kazakhstan, which is, again, not a real place. I'm going to go ahead and say that for the umpteenth time. Um, <laughs> He's uh, insane, though, dude. He is insane. He is He is the fourth leg of my parlay. Minus 490. Jeff Neal, sorry, dude. I've watched a lot of your good fights. but Your, you know, run, your, your run of awesome fights and pulling off fights you shouldn't have ends here. Yeah, I agree. So we can agree there. Komain. Same the, the bullet is the fifth leg of my parlay. Against Dude, this is stupid, man. Like, at what point? She's got to be. I'm sorry, man, Nunez, but Valentina is the greatest woman fighter. Woman fighter to like come in the UFC, right? Against even she though she lost that. to her, even though she lost to Nunez, she's held the twice. fucking belt for almost five years. Doesn't matter. She lost to her twice, bro. Lost her twice. Um, a, a, a low key, a low key bet in this fight. I love. Again, I do see Valentina playing this one a little bit. Safe. You're you're the champ for the song you play. You're going to play it a little bit safe. Like a lot of her fights. I think when I looked up, a lot of them do go to decision. Um, I love this over two and a half minus one thirty five in this fight. So I think if Valentina does get the finish, I think she does it in rounds three or four. Um, like you know, late in round three, round four, maybe even early round five, just like she wears Alexa Grasa down, you know, really leans on, you know, just keeping her distance, wearing her down through punches, maybe getting her on the ground a couple times. I don't think she's going to submit her. Um, but the over two and a half minus 135, something I really, really love by itself in this card, but I do have the bullet in, in my, in my parlay. 
Yeah. Um, I think it'd be stupid not to put her in there. She she wins this fight unless like something just goes significantly wrong and uh, something ha- she throws something at her that she wasn't expecting. But I don't really see that happening because she has held the title since February of 2018. So over five years now, which is fucking insane. Uh, I'll do like the over two and a half though. They'll, I know she's obviously gotten some finishes with, with inside to uh, half the fight uh, within her last like six or seven fights. But um, the last couple she's come out just kind of, kind of lackadaisical and not like looking to finish immediately, but she's, again, she's fine. Once you, she's, yeah, she's fighting like Tyra. Like, she was fighting like Tyron Woodley there at the end, like, like John Jones the at the end of yeah. his light heavyweight career. It's like once you get to that stage where you're, where you're just defending your title, you're not going to put yourself in any vulnerable. Israel Adesanya, Israel Adesanya. I mean, come on, we've seen it time and time again. Right, Ethan, he is still with us. I am indeed still with you all, but <laughs> you guys, you, I, I mean, I'm going to say this just on the record for everybody listening. Jarrett and Travis's UFC banter is way better than I could ever contribute. So I just let it roll and then I'll just jump back in whenever this is done. So he listens instead of listening to the podcast, he listens live. Exactly. Yeah. And then I, I gain knowledge and then maybe someday in the future I can talk about it myself. We'll find out. <laughs> You'll get all there. right. You'll get there. main event. Um, my favorite fighter finally come back. Probably one of the most anticipated uh, returns in UFC history versus Cerro Gan, who's eleven and one. Um, yeah, so let's let's not get it twisted, guys. They're not they're not feeding him a fucking chump to come back to. I mean, oh well, no. I mean, I don't think he would take a chump to come back to. He was going to come back to Ngannou, but he ran away from the UFC. Cyril Gan, um, coming off of a loss versus Francis Ngannou by decision. John Jones minus one seventy. Um, this line has just kept climbing and climbing. The the thing, there's a couple things that worry me about this fight. I'm obviously going to bet on John Jones. I'm going to root for him. I already have to win. Jared, I, I sent I sent I sent a ticket to Travis when it, so it was even money, and I was going to do it then, but I got it at minus one thirty. Uh, probably two months, probably a month and a half ago. I bet minus one seventy now. When I first opened it, he was plus one ten. So you can tell yeah. where the money's been going. It's not reverse line movement by any means. There's two things that worry me about this fight. One, uh, just seeing how he adapts to the heavyweight division, which is what every like I think everyone's concern is. But an underlying factor to me, but this has always been him. Uh, he's he said that whenever he steps in the octagon, he's not going to lose. Like he he knows that he's been put in the octagon to fight, and that he's not going to lose a fight when he's in there. That means one of two things for me. He's really confident in himself or he's overly cocky and he just knows he's not going to lose. And it, that That's just the one thing that worries me and I'm not sure how I feel about it. But on the other I, side uh, of things, the other side of things, before you start, it has also been thrown out there and it's public knowledge that Cyril Ghosn only, only trains in a fight camp. He does not practice his craft outside of that, which is horrible. Yeah. He never, he never gets any, any live reps um, really outside of a fight camp. So literally he only fights in most, most fight camps. For six weeks. Knows, 
It's about six to eight weeks. Yeah, six to eight weeks for fight camp. So literally, if his last fight was when? I think last. It was Francis Ngannou's last fight. So I think it was like early last year. Yeah. So like he has. No, sorry, he beat, he beat he beat he did beat Taito Avasa in September, but before that it was January. So literally, he probably he hasn't trained since September until probably January of this year, um, or December. So literally for me, like that's not great, but what I, what I, and kind of what Travis leading off, this is a great segue to me. I watched a video of John Jones. John Jones made a good point about Sirogan. He goes, he trains pretty. Like he puts all these like videos on Instagram of him training in this nice, fancy gym. He's like hitting these nice, fancy, heavy bags. He's got these nice, fancy shin pads, shin guards on. He goes, you don't, you never see him like in a dog fight. You never see him like going at dogs and bro, John Jones, literally assembled like this fucking dog of a camp. Like one of the guys, Walt Harris, he's like sparring against Walt Harris. Was, and I also saw some people shit talking to him against him. Cause it was like him. It was like, I think it might've been Don Tolly Mays and yeah. someone else, but I'm like, he's training against pretty heavy guys. Also, let's not forget. He brought these guys into where he's training with Henry, Henry Cejudo, which might be one of the best camps you could ever go to. Yeah. Is Henry I mean, Cejudo's gym? Yeah, it's it's gonna be. So here's my thing. I have zero worry. Travis has some worry. I have zero worry. I have worry never... because he's my favorite fighter, and I really, really, really want him to win. Yeah, no, I feel you. It's like for me, whenever Connor used to was back in his heyday. Um, I, uh, I, I, I laid the hammer down on John Jones. Travis, the bet I sent you, I've actually doubled down on it since then. So I have. $150 out on John Jones straight up. Um, so that's my bet. That's, that's my hammer. Um, it's going to be John Jones for, uh, for sure for me. I mean, come fight night. I got, a, I got another bet. Cause I don't, I don't think you you're making your statement in the heavyweight division. You're coming to fight for the belt. You have to come in and make a statement. I got John Jones inside distance plus 200. I'm probably going to throw another, another decent chunk, chunk, chunk of change on that. I'm saying if I don't things, think so if things go my way or go the way that, uh, why he comes in and he does his business. I think he's going to be uh TKO ground and pound um, mm-hmm. for John Jones is my, my way. You're looking at Cyril gone. He got uh KO to tie to Avasa back in September. Um, I think tie to Avasa's reign was a little bit just kind of like underdogish. Like he, he got a lot of one punch knockouts. I mean, the dude got stumbled by Greg Hardy there for a second and it took Cyril gone three rounds or two and a half rounds to get him out of there uh, versus a guy who can't really move. Lost to Nganu by decision. Beat Derek Lewis. Again, guy who can't really move. Went to a decision versus Volkov versus Rosenstrike. Knocked out Jay uh, Junior Dos Santos. So what, what oh. Travis is getting at here is what is what I think the big point is. is like He's never fought a good wrestler ever. He hasn't fought a guy with escapability, ring presence, and the fact that he's going to take you down. I mean, he turned Francis Ngannou into a wrestler. Francis Ngannou out-wrestled him. And Francis Ngannou isn't fucking out wrestle anyone. No. So, um, if John Jones plays this smart and he fights like he knows how to fight, which I'm sure he will. I mean, he's literally already said that he goes into the fight and he's like pretty much been put in there to win. Um you got to bet on him, and I, I hope yeah. he wins. I think he gets the job done here on Saturday night, which is going to be – I so think this is probably the biggest pay-per-view of the year. This one or 
Yeah, probably this one. Um, so with that being said, with that being said, John Jones, unless he defends it, he which he very well could. Um, John Jones has been known to fight more than more than once or twice in a year. Uh, John Jones is also the last leg of my parlay, guys. Um, he's the last leg of it, plus three sixty five. Samen Gary on the early prelims do pluses on the main on the regular prelims. That Rachmanov guy, but Bullet Shevchenko and John Jones plus three sixty five. If you want a free, sure, sure, take your headphones off. If you want a free seventh leg, add Bo Nickel to this. Yeah, I mean, probably so. <laughs> I'm personally not going to do it because the more I see I know. that the guy, dude, I mean, I've bet I've bet against him at minus three thousand. I'm like, dude, yeah, he could lose, and then he goes out there, and I'm like, this fuck, this fucking no. guy sucks, bro. <laughs> like, that's what you're gonna you're gonna go out. The, I'm telling you, the main card's gonna start, and you're gonna be like. Fucking Jamie Pickett, you fucking suck. Like Dude, at least put no, up a fight. I mean, so that's, I mean, I got, I got the insurance there. I ain't gonna bet on Pickett like a small amount because plus one hundred. But I'm also gonna lay a decent amount on nickel by sub. So if he, I'll, I'll go out. If he wins, if Jamie Pickett wins this fight, biggest upset in UFC history. I'm trying to think of what I'll do. I don't even like Bo Nickel. If Jamie Pickett wins this fight, I will line up. Five shots of whiskey on our next podcast and take him in a row. Podcast? Fuck that dude on the bachelor party trip. There you go. <laughs> there cool. you go. I'll I will uh I gotta do something better than that. That's not even worth it. We'll uh, figure something out. We'll, we'll figure, figure I'll do I'll do a punishment on the on the bachelor party and we can videotape yeah. it and post it for you guys. So it's not gonna happen because like Travis said, he's not gonna win. But anyway, this card <laughs> I'm I'm very much looking forward to. Speaking of which I'm pumped about the next cards, but one of the ones I'm kind of upset, the Rocky Edwards, Leon Edwards, um, Usman card, it's fucking one of those during the day, and I'm not going to be able to watch it because it's a Saturday in the middle of the day. I'm bummed about it. That's pretty bad. I don't know why they would do that. Because in the UK, yeah. that's why. Just don't yeah. care. Have they some fight at fucking 4 a.m. Yeah, make them, just... make them be inconvenienced. Instead, you're inconveniencing your... I mean, probably seventy percent of your viewership by having Dude, it during no, the day that, on Saturday. Leon Edwards is from the UK. That place is gonna that, that roof's gonna blow off that place. Also, let's not forget that that is also uh, the second round of March Madness for the United States. Yeah, not great. Yeah. It's, it's just yeah. not great timing. I mean, it's <laughs> and it's really it's a really good you have party. that at night and you got dudes with watch parties. For the March Madness, rolling that into the UFC fights. I mean, it's a great card too. Marvin Vittori's on it. Gunnar Nelson and Ra- Brian Barbarena, uh, Rafael Fazayev and Justin Gaethje. Leon Edwards. That's I mean, damn my diaper fucking... party, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So bad. There's, uh, one after, there's one after that though. What's two eighty seven? Justin Gaethje's on that card. I just said it. Justin Gaethje, Rafael Fazayev. Two eighty seven though. Was awesome. So we'll see, but yeah, the track Travis said this is probably the this one this weekend, probably biggest card of the year unless John Jones defends his belt and they somehow rope Francis and Ganu to come back. That's the only thing I could see happening. I agree. I agree. So there's UFC 285. We hope you stuck around this long through our UFC talk. Ethan is back with us after that I little am. twenty minute hiatus. We're doing his idea, the sports sound draft coming up to you next. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. 
Sports Sounds Draft. <laughs> yeah. Uh, brought so, to you by Ethan Short. His idea today. So any sports sounds. Nothing's yeah, off the table, right? Nothing. Um, what'd you say? Nothing's off the table? Nothing's off the table. Yeah, the, the only thing I, I really thought, and if you guys include one, I'm not going to be mad about it. I, I was just like, do we include like iconic sports Dude. calls? Because anything you could hear watching the a game on TV or being there in person, nothing's off the table. Fair. Okay, that's fine. I was just it like, could be calls, it could be sounds, it could be if it's like a anything. if it's like a common catchphrase of an announcer, I get that. But if it's like a one time call, I was like, eh, because you can make your own category for like iconic sports calls in history. Um, but if you have one in there, I will not going to be, mad I won't, it. I won't have more than two probably. So that's, that's fine. I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, but the only reason, so I was, I was sitting at work today and I was watching TikTok, admittedly. Um, and I came across a TikTok that was talking about smells of like sports or what, I don't even remember what the TikTok was about. It was kind of a weird TikTok, but I got on the thought train of like, it'd be kind of cool to do like a draft around that. So then I started thinking, and I was like, "Well, smells. I'm not gonna. What are we so gonna many. do? Fucking the smell of the dirt. Um, and so the smell I was like, what about the urinals. Yeah, exactly. The smell of the beer on right. your breath Let's after do... you drank 16 Bud Lights. Do we want to do a way to determine the draft order? Or we just want to say fuck it and take your spot. Um, well, it was my idea, and I don't. I think that's unfair for me to go first because I, when I thought about it, I'm like, I got six different ideas right off the bat. All right, so Ethan's going to go third. Go sure, that's fine. Jared can go first, and I'll All go right. second. If I'm going to go first, I'm going to take one because I don't think you guys can take any of my other two that I have right off the top of my head. I am going to take the crack of a bat. You're you're yeah. live in the stadium. Crack of the bat off a home run. I mean, it's 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 like a fifth inning home run. Like I, this, that's the this, number the one. It's unanimous. So yeah, the stadium's quiet. It just fucking goes. It's, place goes. Literally, nuts. the very top of my list reads the crack of a bat on a home run. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the crack of the bat is. I mean, that you you could go. That could be one v five, and it wins. So. Uh, that's pretty unanimous. I think that we could all agree on. I'm gonna go two. Um, gonna, it's gonna be weird because it's a sport that I don't really enjoy seeing, but it's definitely just uh, the swish of the net. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I didn't think that's where you were going. I was about to agree with you and almost gave away one of my picks. Um, but I, I think that's that's a great pick. Because like even not not in professional sports watching, just playing, just to like the way the net yep. sounds. I mean, dude, yep. come on. Ethan, um, go ahead and go with yours. I yeah, I got back to back picks. I can't I can't pass this one up. I'm gonna it's the same sport, right? Um, it's sneakers on a basketball shoes court. this weekend, man. It's just especially in a quiet, oh, quiet uh gym, yeah. just the squeak, 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 like it's iconic. So had to pick that one. Um, I'm gonna follow it up with your your. We just talked about it. You you can't pass this one up, but it's Bruce Buffer, baby. It's God. time. Can I just put? So you're just doing Bruce Buffer. It's time. Yep. Just okay. specifically, it's time. I know he's got some great other calls out there, you know, 
and still or whatever and now but it's time so good so good damn it that was that was i was gonna take that one number one overall but i was like no one's gonna take that no i I, that'll come back to me at two fuck that's a good one dude that's so iconic um not necessarily iconic, but one that's great, and every team has a different one. But the uh, goal horn in the NHL. Oh, mm, that yeah. was my next one. Oh yeah, that was my next pick. Oh yeah, just like that was, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, come on. That's that's amazing. All right, I got back to backs here. So for my second pick, I'm going to go. And it's, it's like depending on what school you went to, it's different. But I feel like when it, when a home college football team runs out of the tunnel, runs onto the field, and whatever song you have plays for like Mizzou, it's "Welcome to the Jungle." For South Carolina, it's um, "Sandstorm." Darude, like that opening song for a college football stadium when the team runs out for like a big game, like I get chills just thinking about it. Like for Mizzou, like when they run out to "Welcome to the Jungle" for like a big football game, nothing mm-hmm. like it. Um, so that's my two. Number three. I'm going to have to go with the puck hitting the crossbar. Um, I feel like when you're in like a, such a, like a, like, like a close game in hockey and you know, you just hear that you're waiting for a goal and you see, you hear the puck at the crossbar. It's like a, it's like almost like, it's not an exciting sound, but it's like a oh, deflating sound. And like the whole, you can hear the whole stadium go, oh yeah. So puck hitting the crossbar or any part of the net goal for that matter. Okay. Okay. Oh man, let's see. You, uh, sports sounds because there's there's a couple that I want to go with here, but I don't know which one I want to take. Deep side. I got a few good ones on the back burner. I do too. On the back burner. Like how I'll take about them if I have to? Um. This is gonna be. This is gonna be a. I might be reaching here, but I'm gonna go with one that maybe might not be traditional. The national anthem. Okay. Okay. I, I don't because depends. How on often do you it. hear? As long as you're not kneeling, I don't know how often you hear it outside of sports. Don't fucking shake your goddamn head with me. Uh. We'll <laughs> see. Well, I, I don't hate it. You're not wrong. I mean, with and it's with any country, right? Like the national, the Canadian national anthem is played. Um, if it's typically like NHL, sometimes when it comes to, I think they did the Canadian national anthem in the NFL in the Super Bowl, didn't they? No, they didn't. It was the they did NBA the other one. Different. It was the NBA All Star Game, is what I was thinking of. But um, but either way, like national anthem is that's something in the Olympics. It's huge. They play it when you get on your podium. So that how many times you hear the national anthem outside of a sports event? Hey, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and yell at something for you when you yell me click my fucking pen. Stop chewing your goddamn ice. How about that? <laughs> I caught a piece. It was too small to pass up in my mouth, and it got care. sucked Stop down it. my gullet. When I <laughs> Stop it. Go ahead. All right, <clears throat> all right. So I got two back to back. So the first one I'm gonna go with is. Uh, QB cadences. Ooh. So nothing specific, but you know, when you've got Omaha. your QB Omaha, Omaha, Green 19, you know. I like it, but ones. those piss me off. You know? But but it's 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 another iconic thing. QB cadences. QB cadences for me is gonna be my third overall pick. Jumping into the fourth round. Um it's Travis, you talked about a sport that you don't watch that much. 
Um, I thought this is where you were going. This is where I'm going to go. It's a sport I don't watch that much, but it's soccer chance. Like packed house, specifically like Premier League, you know, the the chance over in England, the, you know, your mom's a whore or whatever. <laughs> but they're just, they're Whenever so they good because the, the whole stadium is screaming the, it. So they made the chance about Queen Elizabeth after she died and <laughs> Libby's in, in a box. box. <laughs> Libby's in a box. Yes, exactly. All right. The whole stadium is right. screaming it. I don't hate it. I just thought of one that I think is really good uh, for my fourth pick NFL. Channel anthems. So you know how NBC has their own anthem. It was on my That's mine. Okay. Specifically, specifically okay. mine was like NFL broadcast theme music, but I think any theme music, yeah, from a from a broadcast. It's just yeah, like sure. it, certain channels that have their own. Whichever one is your favorite, I'm picking all of them because I can. Because fuck <laughs> you guys. That's mine. I can't believe Travis didn't pick this one yet, but I'm going to go ahead and pick it. And it's it's kind of two sounds like that happen very simultaneously together, and I don't know which one I want to pick, but I am going to take like golf cheers after someone hits a drive, like get no, like the fuck, yep, some crazy shit. I was gonna Mashed take like, potatoes. The sound of, I was yeah, I was gonna take the sound of like a drive, but I was like, I think the yep. the chants after a drive are better than the drive itself. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm gonna take there. Number I had five. golf drive on my list. Okay, number five. Oh, there's I, so many good ones I still have on my list. Come on, you got one of them. Yeah, I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I am going to say, I might take a saying. Onions by Rafferty, Bill Rafferty. Whenever the guy hits a shot in basketball, onions. That's what I'm going to take right there. Yeah, you could have definitely had a better one there. I like the with the direction you're going, but bang, ah, uh, oh, that was number. Five. I'm not taking it. I'm not taking. Oh. It. You can have it. Well, now I got to pick something else. I feel like because no, cause you can have it. Away. I was because I was <laughs> going. I was gonna beat. I had a golf one. I was gonna beat your golf one with the drive, dude. It's the fucking. It's the sound of a a putt getting hold. Yeah. 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 Like 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 if 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 it rolls around like, a little bit, like yeah, if you don't hear. And this is kind of also controversial. Um, big live. I, I like watching live golf because two of my favorite golfers are on there: DJ and Cam Smith. I think they artificially have putt hold sounds because like last year I thought they like actually put a mic in the hole but it's the same one every time and they can't make the same sound. I think they have artificial sounds whenever a putt gets hold. Mm. But that sound is just like music to my ears. So that's mine. Yeah. But Ethan, you can take bang. Yeah, but I'm going to have to cuz I was looking at my list now and I've pretty much covered I have a couple of honorable mentions but this it just doesn't beat Mike Breen's bang. And it's um, Dude, it's great it's for me. Iconic over the years. So, as a Blake Griffin fan, I mean, bang! Right, great, dude. and then and dude, his so double bang call on Steph's like half court shot against the Thunder back in whatever it was, twenty seventeen or whatever. It's just it, it is. It's an iconic call because he only he's so good about only doing it in big moments. He doesn't waste it on like random shots throughout the game. It's if it's a close game, 
a lead change late in the game, um, a long shot from like half court or whatever. It's it's just so good. It's it's hard. If you've to had an so opportunity, taking... if you're in the NBA and you've had an opportunity to get a bang call, uh, right? Whenever you're shooting you know three, you've it's, it. <laughs> yeah, you've made it. So yeah, I like that. That's uh, that's a good one. Then any, any honorable mentions we left off? I've got a couple. Uh, um, oh, yeah. I had one that I fucking forgot. All right, let's hear it. Fucking cold beer here. Oh, like ushers, like making their cold calls. beer. <laughs> yeah, let's go in. I, uh, although you don't hear it very much these days, this sounded like a big, a big hit in football. Like just someone getting fucking cracked in the yeah. head. You know, just that was also on my list. Yeah, the sound of a yeah. flag hitting the ground. Solid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The yellow. That there's your there's yeah. your. Uh, we'll do we'll do uh, sight next time. One of the other senses. Um, <laughs> one I one I thought about using, but didn't know if we'd get a lot of love. Now here's a guy. Oh, Chris Collinsworth. No, come on, I thought no, about no, it. No, but, no. Uh, so specific sound for me. There's a couple. One's not super popular just because it's not a super popular sport, but I, there are a lot of people that love it. It's tennis rallies, so just the the back and forth of the ball getting hit by the the racket. I think is a. Super Ooh, cool I saw the, I saw the one too. More of a pick. Um, and then but yeah, the the ball hit in the middle of a glove, almost similar to the crack to the bat. Just just the, the bang of the similar bat. one. I thought about using just a just a significant strike hitting in UFC, like a fucking just a power punch. That, yeah. like any, literally <laughs> that and any Johnny and Nick sound that he ever makes. Yeah, that's true too. Oh, um, one I thought of that's probably not super popular, but I'm sure like when you're there, it's intense. Is like when a car, or, like when the rally of cars and NASCAR come around to like where you're sitting at in the scene, yeah, like the, the, vroom, like the rumble and the vroom, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love them cars. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, like I, I kept NASCAR off. You're racing down my leg. <laughs> it's not super popular, but I also thought about uh, I always forget who says it. If it's like, if it's Wall Trip or somebody else in the in the booth, but the boogity boogity boogity, let's go racing. It's it's something that he yeah. says every fucking race. So, but. or you know, one we missed out on for a lot of NASCAR fans, is gentlemen, start your engines. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's 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 another good one. But I'm not a huge NASCAR guy, so I, I couldn't include it. For that we got reason. any people that married their cousins or sisters, we missed out. Sorry. I've always Sorry, wanted to go to a NASCAR race. <laughs> I th- he d- he loves NASCAR, man. He loves NASCAR. Nothing against that. I've always wanted I've always wanted to get into it. I just I can't watch it on TV. But I think going to it's, a race would be fun. Travis and I went to like bro. an NHRA drag racing race a few years ago a while back Dude. it was a fucking blast drag races are the bomb because they're done so fast yeah, yeah. nascar no in person has to be worse than on tv because you're seeing cars drive by you it's a giant fucking party, blurred though. speed once every fucking three minutes <laughs> you know, also a giant party like, oh, three hours before football game but i get to watch the football game i don't know True. if you guys have ever watched uh, you i don't know if you guys are big south park fans um, and it's okay if you're not, but there's an episode of South Park where they make fun of NASCAR and Eric Cartman's like, he, he like dumbs his way down. Like he acts stupid to be able to participate in NASCAR and they're in press conferences. And he's like, 
I'm going to keep driving fast and I'm going to turn to the left. <laughs> and that's like the whole thing. But that's that's what NASCAR is, bro. It's like fucking you drive, you turn to the left, and then you finish the race. That's it. Yeah. There's a lot. I mean, sports sounds can't get summed up in 15 picks. But we do our best. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think that's our episode. Hold on. The greatest honorable mention of all time, though, we forgot is... Ravello, knock me down. There you go. Knock me down. There you go. And take uh, a drop. The best and worst call of all time. <laughs> or, or I would like take the time to apologize to everyone. You know, for oh for god. Oh. As I like drive, to consider myself a man of faith. That I don't know how that got left off, and there's a drive oh, left. Oh, uh, that's great. Um, I mean, there can be a whole other one of sports calls, but exactly. number one forever. Back, back, back. Number one forever is, and we will see you tomorrow night. Facts. Nothing so we will see you in two weeks. <laughs> when we're all hungover. <laughs>